So welcome to Marianne and the Professor, and I am happy to be joined by uh, James Roguski, uh, who is quite an expert on the WHO and kind of recent uh, changes that are happening right under our nose. So James, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me this afternoon. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So James, I'm talking to you from Canada, you're in LA. Um, so maybe I just ask that you give us maybe the Canadian slant on all of this. Mind you, this is an international issue. But um, James, tell me why I keep seeing your name out front and center right now. What in the world is going on with the WHO and what do we need to know? Well, back in January of 2022, I, I put a prayer out into the universe. I said, God, if there's anything you want me to do, just let me know and I'll do it. And lo and behold, um, I found a portal into the rabbit hole where all of the WHO documents are hidden. And there's just so much down here to poke around and read. And you know, not too many other people are really giving this very much attention. So over the course of the year, um, just because I've read boring document after boring document after boring document, only to find out that you know they just tell you exactly what their plans are. They tell you what they want to do, what they're planning to do, what their schedule is. Um, I, I, I come off looking like Nostradamus just because I read their calendar and I go, well, here's what's coming, okay? And so we, we talked just briefly before this um, you know, started that uh, on January 9th to the 13th, that week, Monday through Friday, the International Health Regulations Review Committee is having meetings where obviously they're not secret enough that we don't know they're happening, but what's going to be going on during those meetings is completely confidential. It's not going to be live streamed or you know really reported on. They're discussing what is currently a 46 page document, which are proposed amendments to what is basically a 58 page document. So it's a substantial amount of changes and additions to the existing international health regulations. And they seem to be in a hurry because they want to submit this to the WHO by January 15th, which is, even though they don't obey their own rules, um, that would be four months in advance of the, every May they have a World Health Assembly at the end of May, where 194 nations, all the delegates get together and decide the fate of the planet. And so there is this four month advanced um, submission that it seems like they're trying to get this in by January 15th. I've been screaming about this all year, certainly since September 30th, because back at the last assembly in May of 2022, they set up a structure whereby they have a working group to um, consider all of the proposed amendments to the international health regulations. They set a date of September 30th, where all of the nations were supposed to submit their proposed changes. In October, I put in four um, freedom of information requests in the United States, someone in Canada, two people in the United Kingdom, South Africa, um, Finland, Australia, New Zealand. We all put in information requests of each respective government, and they just ignored it and delayed and postponed it and went way past the deadlines. The United Kingdom was interesting. They twice to two different people said, yeah, we have the documents, but we're not going to give them to you. And, and you're just like, well, you know, that's not appropriate. And ultimately, um, the working group published 
the, the documents. And the soundbite summary, the take home message is one of the changes out of the 46 pages worth of changes is a change to article three in the existing regulations, which currently is not all that bad. It, it currently says it's like the first principle, article three is like core principles. And the first principle is that all of the regulations must be um, uh, enacted or, or uh, manifest with the full respect for the dignity, human rights and fundamental freedoms of people. And the delegation from India submitted a proposed amendment to just cross that all out. No more respect for dignity, no more respect for human rights, no more respect for fundamental freedoms. And that kind of sets the tone because to summarize the 46 pages, they wanna institute a global health certificate where all of your personal private health related data would be worked into a, uh, as they put it, interoperable database system so that with a QR code, either on your phone or on a piece of paper or on an ID card or whatever, um, all of your medical records would be available anywhere you go on the planet. And that's just an affront to everyone's privacy. And, and that would set up a stage where some bureaucrat somewhere could put into the you know, database system well, you know, you have to take these medications, you have to do these treatments, you have to have these injections, or your QR code isn't going to gain you access to living your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, you know, that ought to be enough to get people to say, well, wait a minute, right? We don't want that. But there are other aspects of it where essentially right now, the World Health Organization is an advisory body. They make recommendations under Article 23 of their constitution. They can make all the recommendations they want, but they want to change Article 43 and many others in the international health regulations that would essentially turn those recommendations into um, legally binding orders. And um, I think it was Bangladesh added a whole new section, uh, or I say Article 13A where if the WHO wanted to declare an emergency, they could then also um, declare an allocation protocol where they literally would take over the means of production of the planet and be able to tell country A, well, your manufacturers have to make what we tell them to make and you've got to give it to country B. And, and it's just, you know, you can't, you know, it's like some movie somewhere where you're like, oh, come on, you got to be kidding, Jim, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the document is right up on stoptheamendments.com. Please don't believe me. You know, I'm telling you the truth of what I'm reading, but go read it for yourself. That's just a couple of items that we could go on for days talking about because there's 46 pages of really, really dense, hey, we want to be the boss of the world. Why don't you just sign on the dotted line? and give us control over your lives. And I'm really not going for that. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea. Well, this is very scary to say the least. And I guess you've got 194 nations that will meet one country, one vote. Is this how it works? It is that way. So China and India with a billion and a half people and you know the United States and Brazil and Indonesia and Russia and South Africa and the UK and 
you know, many African nations with hundreds, you know, Nigeria with a couple hundred million people, they all get one vote. Well, okay. and it's very easy to coerce or bribe some smaller nations uh, took, and took, bring them took on the words, Took the words right out of my mouth. And yeah. so what, what they're True. doing, what they're doing is trying to set up a, a large fund, right? They have already set up something called the pandemic fund through the World Bank. They're shooting for the sky, really, but they're shooting for $60 billion a year to meet the gap, right, in spending on things that don't really stop pandemics, right, because we've witnessed that. Mm -hmm. And and what's missing from all of these um, documents is, well, what criteria is going to determine how those billions of dollars are allocated and spent? And so, you know, you can use just a little tiny bit of imagination and go, wow, what a wonderful opportunity for corruption. Yeah. Um, who's in charge of doling out the cash? Exactly. And, and where is that cash going to go? And if that cash is promised in advance, um, who's going to vote no against getting a whole bunch of cash coming into their economy, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and, and so the... I mean, this is just organized crime on a phenomenal yep, scale. I was just thinking, this is like a, a cartel, an international cartel that is trying to take over. So really, the, the WHO is working in lockstep with WEF to control the world. But this is the, this is the health side of it. Um, you know, the World Economic Forum is good at, um, I, I forget um, what the word exactly is, but... Um, integrating their students into national cabinets okay mm -hmm. in infiltrating you oh. know infiltrating government mm -hmm. um getting people who um talk the way they talk and and believe the way they believe and mm -hmm. and have the same goals work their way into various levels of national state provincial local government mm -hmm. and quite frankly you know in order to try to impress you know their global leaders um, they come up with some of the most atrocious legislation and you know, probably makes the people at the World Economic Forum blush. It's like, oh my God, how could you be so bold? Did we really teach you that, or are you, you know, exceeding the the teacher's teachings by just going crazy with the types of regulations that we've seen in California, in New York, in South Africa, in Western Australia? Um, you know, just putting forth regulations that are abusive of human rights. You know, honestly, I think it makes the World Health Organization blush that their students are doing so much, you know, crazier things than the World Health Organization Central is doing. Yeah. Um, but what they're doing is bad enough. I mean, they're essentially saying, put us in charge of everything. Give us tons of money. We're not going to tell you how we're going to spend it. Um, you're going to have a QR code that we control your life based on us telling you what, you know, you've got to do to your body in order to be able to live your life. Mm -hmm. And um, speaking, you know, directly um, to people in Canada, I, I have made a lot of contacts, a lot of wonderful people in Canada. The situation is a little bit different than in the United States, because in the United States, our federal government actually has submitted amendments that are part of what's going on here. Whereas the Canadian delegation, to my knowledge, 
did not submit any changes, right? So that's the that's the what, case. What okay? What's going on there? Why? Well, that's well, that's the case for most nations. Mm -hmm. Okay, um, as of right now, as far as I know, out of the one hundred and ninety four nations, um, sixteen nations submitted amendments, proposed amendments. Four of them did it on behalf of groups of nations. So Uruguay um, submitted it on behalf of, I think, five South American nations. Um, Eswatini, which is a very small South Southern uh, African nation, submitted on, they didn't make it really super clear, but between 40 and 50 African nations. Um, the Czech Republic submitted on behalf of the European Union and Russia on behalf of an organization that they're part of. And so many nations did not submit any amendments whatsoever, okay? Which and, means that they're, they are quite happy with, with everything and don't require any well, changes. You know, the, the current international health regulations, in my opinion, are a mixed bag, mm -hmm. okay? There's some things that I'm not particularly happy with. There's a lot of things that I would change, but from Canada's, you know, point of view, um, their delegates have predominantly mostly been silent whenever they speak at the meetings. I mean, almost everybody just kisses the WHO's butt and just goes along and, and gets along. But there hasn't been any public comment, you know, anywhere in the world that I'm aware of. The negotiations are going on in secret. And nations who um, have not submitted proposals arguably could say to all of the other nations, what in the world are you doing? Why are you all proposing these amendments to give all of this power to the WHO? Wait a minute, okay? Yeah. And so nobody is speaking up. Everybody is going along in terms of the, the delegations, the official people. I'm not talking about the people in the various nations, the people themselves, once they find out about this, you know, they're opposed to it because it's ridiculous. But the, the, the nations, I feel many of them are just like, well, if we go along with this, there'll be a lot of money in our future, right? They're looking for billions of dollars to be funneled through the WHO, which, you know, that's how money laundering works, right? Some goes through somebody, comes out looking like it's supposed to be clean at the end. All of the quote unquote relevant stakeholders, the Bill and Melinda Gates foundations, you know, they they almost have dollar signs floating in front of their eyeballs about, oh, let's um, be in position to be on the receiving end of a lot of this money. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the Indonesian quote unquote health minister, who's not a doctor, he's actually a banker at the G20 in Indonesia a month or two ago now, um, very clearly said, we've got this $10 billion World Bank pandemic fund, and the money is going to start flowing in 2023. So, you know, put in your applications for projects to apply to get some of that money and invest in the companies that are going to profit from the money that's going to start flowing. Now, you know, is there a, is there a law against it so you know is it organized crime or is it just you know really really organized crony capitalism yeah no it's i actually personally think it's 
um, old school fascism with the 21st century upgrade, mm. where fascism was defined by Mussolini as government and corporations working hand in hand. But they've added this third leg of this whole public-private partnership concept where foundations who purport to be doing goodness you know, for the world um, put themselves right in the flow of all of this money. Yeah, they donate some money, but it comes with strings attached mm -hmm. and then they get to direct how it goes. And then they have investments or, or cronies in the recipients of all that money. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. nowhere in any of these negotiations are the people, where, where the heck are we? You know, yeah. there, there aren't any um, public comments going on with the international health regulations. The public comments that they had, no, please realize the talk of the pandemic treaty is a totally separate animal than what I'm talking about. They've had really fake public comment periods with that. In, in less than a week's time back in April, we got 33,884 people to submit comments on short notice. And they hit them for six months, but they finally did quietly publish them. And 99.9% .9 of them were, we don't want no freaking treaty. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. their response, the WHO's response was, well, you know, we want comments that support our work here at the Intergovernmental Negotiating Body. So they canceled the next public comment period because the comments were, what are you doing? You know, yeah. we don't we don't want this. And so uh, from from a perspective of what is it that we do to stop this? Well, number one is to raise awareness. And I've certainly been trying to do that for the past couple of months. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, maybe, you know, some of the folks in your audience are aware that this is going on, but I'm going to guess that well over 99.999% of everybody on the planet, why would they know that the media isn't talking about it? Mm -hmm. uh, even alternative media, nobody is talking about this. And so as every day goes by, it gets closer and closer and they have secret meetings. And when they publish something, they just put it up on a back page on their, on their website. And so it's not like, you know, they set off firecrackers and alarms mm -hmm. and tell you, oh, look at what we're doing, right? Um, you know, you don't get a, an alert on your phone that says, oh, check out the latest from the WHO. Mm -hmm. they, tell you, they tell you the things they want you to hear and the stuff that they're doing that they don't want you to hear, they publish it, but they bury it behind millions of words on a back page of their website. And I'm just kind of stuck in their little, um, their wing of the rabbit hole going, oh, here comes another you know, piece of something from them. Um, it, this one is just an abomination. I mean, they just want to control the world and all they need is a simple majority of 194 nations mm -hmm. and you know, take a list of the tiniest, tiniest nations who might benefit from some of that money flow. And you know, unless the people of the world wake up and go, hey, 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 um, we want each nation to be in charge of itself. Mm -hmm. We want each each state. And you know, my understanding is there's a similarity between Canada and the United States. And in the United States, it's pretty darn crystal clear. Um, Tenth Amendment, you know, the federal government does not have control 
over healthcare. That's mm -hmm. for the states and the people. And the state does not have control over my body, right? I have control over my body. So mm -hmm. stay the heck away from me with any requirements for me to do anything to my body. I have the right to privacy. And so giving you access through a QR code to my medical records is an absolute violation of my unalienable right to privacy. Mm -hmm. What do you think you're doing? Exactly. Okay. Well, and you mentioned this global health certificate that they would like to see launched. Canada is actually participating with the World Economic Forum in something called the known traveler identity or digital identity. Mm -hmm. We are actually part of their little pilot study. Mm -hmm. How would that integrate with this global health certificate? Do you know? It sounds like it's just a different name a different in, in, a, mm -hmm. in a different section of the amendments. Mm -hmm. um, they refer to a passenger locator form. Okay. Now, ideally, it's digital, but they're going to have a paper backup. Now, a lot of times people, there's so many words and phrases going around. Mm -hmm. Some people will say vaccine passport. Some people will say, you know, they, uh, WHO says digital global health certificate. And they use that language because that's the language that's currently in the international health regulations. Yeah, yeah. Other people say digital ID. They also want to have a prophylaxis certificate, meaning, oh, you have to do this preventively. Mm -hmm. They, they want to have a recovery certificate. They want to have certificates for when they're doing experimental vaccines, not that they're vaccines to begin with, but um, all of it, oh, it's, all it, of it, all of it should just crumble. It, it should absolutely make your hair stand on end. And you can imagine when you're traveling that all these countries would adopt uh, these health certificates that you'd have to be flashing. Right. And, and so, all of a sudden, your, your ability to travel could be curtailed because you don't have the right, uh, you know, you're, you're not, <laughs> how would I say, you're not in compliance. Well, you're, you're, you're you're unclean. You're unclean. Okay? And yeah, you know, and by whatever, by whatever word. And so mm -hmm. one of the issues is, you know, there is, um, I, I can't necessarily speak for Canada, but I can speak a little bit for the United States. You know, there's this exceptionalism, you know, idea that, you know, oh, it's America, we don't have to do what they tell us. Well, think about it, think it through. Even if the United States said no, and left the WHO and said, we're done with you. Forget it. We're out of here. We want nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. Go away. We're still living in a world yeah. where if 193 other nations are fallen for that story mm -hmm. and they have these digital certificates that you need a QR code or whatever, well, then we're stuck where we are. We can't go anywhere. Yeah. We're in, yeah. we're in, well, this, you know, this is the problem. It's not the worst I... place in the world to be. Mm -hmm. I, I worry that you've got, so, you know, my immediate reaction is, okay, the push I'm, I'm going to, uh, I, I feel like in Canada, the push should be to tell our politicians, get us out, get us out of, of this, out of the who, we don't want to be part of the who, it's a corrupt organization, but like you say, okay, Canada ducks out, but you still have 193 countries left in that affect your ability to move around the globe. So what Absolutely. is the solution Absolutely. here? I mean, this is a illegitimate, illegal organization that's private 
and corruptly funded, trying to be king of the mm -hmm. castle, and they have no authority, but they're pretending they have authority. How, it's such a massive problem. What do we do? Well, you know, I've been busy stealing some of their words back, and this conversation triggered another one, okay? Um, if one person is not free, then no one is free. Yeah. Okay. If 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 I'm not free to move about the planet, um, and and other people are not free to move about the planet, um, we're all in this together. Yeah. It, it's not oh we can save Canada or we can save the United States or or any other um, location. This is the WHO trying to change international law to control every aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. If you don't pay attention now. The future is going to be hell. So I would suggest that you start paying attention as soon as possible and stop this now. Now, to be fair and honest and straightforward, the WHO keeps saying, oh, we're not going to do any of this until May of 2024. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that may very well be true, but they certainly seem to be rushing to submit this by January 15th, all in secret, to be considered. And the Indonesian health minister was quite proud. He said, we submitted amendments, proposed amendments, to have this go through in May of 2023. And so I don't care if they want to do it in 2024 or, or the year 3000. Um, no, the answer is no. It's no then. It's no now. It's no forever. Um, you don't get to be in charge of every person on the planet and what they do with their body and what nations do with their own individual health systems. Because what these amendments are primarily doing is saying, there's like seven or eight pages of what they call core capacities. Mm -hmm. You're, you've got to spend gobs of money and you've got to do this. And, and essentially what that is, is taking money and, and, um, laundering it into what I call the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. Mm -hmm. they, they like to talk about their version of a fake PHEIC. They get to declare um, a public health emergency of international concern, PHEIC. One of the things that we talked about to clarify, because there's people out there given slightly wrong information. Um, currently, the director general of the WHO, as we saw with Moneypox, can ignore his advisory um, scientific committee and declare a public health emergency of international concern, even if they vote against it. Mm -hmm. Right. So there is no like scientific criteria. The director general can just say, oh, you know, it's emergency people. Well, they want to expand that. They want to give him the right to do that without even consulting with the nation in which this is happening. So he could just declare an emergency in Canada. He just declare an emergency in the United States. Mm -hmm. um, he pretty much can do that now, but they're making it even easier. Then they wanna add a FERC on top of the fake. They wanna be able to FERC the world by having regional directors who already exist. They're already a thing in the WHO. They have six regions to declare a public health emergency of regional concern. And they also want them to be able to declare an intermediate, um, they don't call it an emergency, I forget what they call it, but an intermediate crisis, okay? And they also want to 
talk about being able to declare a state where the situation has the potential to be an emergency. And, and, and you just go, it's just like fear-mongering 24-7. It Let's is, it's fear-mongering. So who in Canada would we be directing our, our resistance or our opposition? Who would, we don't even know who to contact. Well, step, step number one is to spread the word because one person or a couple of people, you know, reaching out to government, um, you know, it's, it's David versus Goliath, okay? Yeah. What we need are more like the Lilliputians where there's millions of us and we all know yeah. what's going on and we know what mm -hmm. they're doing. So step number one is to take this video and spread the daylights out of it. Mm -hmm. Let everyone know that this is happening, okay? Mm -hmm. um, I have all of this information on um, stoptheamendments.com. And what that does is it redirects you to one of the many articles that I've written about this mm -hmm. on jamesforgusky.substack.com. Now, you may or may not already know this about me. I think you do because that's how we got in touch. Um, I hope everyone has a piece of paper and a pen ready. Um, I'm going to give everyone my phone number, and you're all invited to call me anytime if you want to talk about this. It's in the United States, so it's plus one, and it's 310-619-3055. So reach out to me if you want to you know, participate in raising everyone's awareness of this, 310-619-3055. On stoptheamendments.com, there are currently there's you can scroll down until you actually see a toolbox. It's a you know image of a toolbox, and there are 14 actions that people can take. Now most of them are in the United States. If you go all the way down to 14, um, there's an action that people can take in Canada. We've got it set up where, with the push of a button, um, you can send a uh, email that's already written to all 400 and I forget how many um, members of parliament there are. Step number one is, is to, uh, you know, to give everyone the benefit of the doubt because I'm a, I'm a kind-hearted person, I think. They probably don't know, no. right? And, and so step number one is like, hey, um, you're my representative in parliament or Senate or Congress or assembly or whatever it might be. Um, I'm really concerned about this. I need you to pay attention to this. Here's all of the information that you might need to get up to speed on this. I'll give you the benefit of the doubt that you're not conspiring to do this. You're not on the wrong side of this. You just don't know, mm -hmm. okay? You got a couple of days to bone up on it and, and pay attention. And then you go back again and you go, hey, mm -hmm. um, I gave you this information a couple of days ago. I know you have it. What are you gonna do about it? You mm -hmm. need to raise a stink about it. This is this is a worldwide thing. This has got to be, you know, just the reality of it is as many people as possible around the world have to put their eyes on what these people are trying to do. Yeah. And governments need to pull back their delegates and say, these negotiations must stop we don't negotiate with really, quite frankly, terrorists yeah. who are hell-bent on injecting poisons into everybody in the world. But it, you know, would you negotiate with an enemy yeah. to give over and surrender the sovereignty of your nation to an enemy? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, the WHO is hell-bent 
on convincing all of the nations of the world to give over sovereign control of their healthcare systems mm -hmm. to the WHO. Mm -hmm. And so um, at the very least in the United States, and I think it's similar in Canada, but I'm not going to pretend, pretend to be an expert on Canadian constitutional law, but in the United States, the federal government does not have the constitutional authority over our health. Mm -hmm. So they can't give it to the WHO. They mm -hmm. don't have that authority. Mm -hmm. And they know this because in the international health regulations, as they stand right now, on page 60 and 61, when they agreed to it back in 2007, they said, well, you know, we're accepting these regulations, but we have a reservation. Mm -hmm. And that reservation is our system of government is a federal system. And so we can recommend things to the state governments, but, you know, sorry, we can't promise to do everything because we don't have the authority to make that promise. Yeah. yeah. They put that in writing in 2007. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so what it comes down to in the United States is that each of the states and the people in those states needs to get with their representatives in their state assembly or Senate or whatever by name it might be. And Louisiana did this back in May. Um, the legislature in Louisiana passed a resolution that said, no, -uh -uh. no, we don't want any of that, right? Whatever you guys think you're doing over there, we're not participating. Yeah, okay? and this, and this is ultimately what needs to happen is every jurisdiction needs to take back their authority. Yep, and in we're, Canada, we're, <laughs> we have so much corruption in this country, it's, it's so sad. But I think that we need to let our politicians know, don't bother negotiating. This is criminal activity. We're not making any amendments. We like stop. And they have no authority over us anyway. So now, remind our politicians, I guess, that- Correct me if I'm wrong, if you, if you know that I'm wrong, but my understanding is that in Alberta, um, there's been some, some sort of, I don't know if it's legislation or movement, um, you know, to just separate from the World Economic Forum. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, Premier Danielle Smith has yes. been very outspoken in this regard. And she is pushing back against the federal government saying, listen, a lot of these areas that you're, you're trying to control us, you know, whether it be energy, healthcare, education, these are under provincial jurisdiction. Yes. And so she is telling the federal government to butt out. And if they don't uh, cooperate, I mean, the, the most dramatic sort of outcome could be that Alberta uh, pushes off from, from the Canadian, you know, from Canada yep. and, and goes independent. And that may be necessary. But she is certainly standing up firm for Albertans and is saying, don't mess with us. Mm -hmm. So this, it is, that is the only province in Canada where you're seeing this activity. Uh, and it's wonderful to watch, but it's, it's quite unique in this country. But uh, no, I think that we need to get busy and start speaking out. So I really appreciate this very practical uh, advice that you're giving us. So it sounds to me like the first stop should be your website called stoptheamendments.com. You've got a toolbox with 14 actions and it sounds like number 14 is tailor-made for Canadians. 
Correct. Get busy, Correct. spread, you know, send that. Well, it sounds like a group send to all of our politicians. Right. And then I think we probably need to start um, <laughs> needling people who are in, um, you know, in the media that are in alternative media to start writing about this. Even, even alternative media, um, you yeah. know, is, is very much asleep at the wheel on this, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of folks have given me interviews, and I very much appreciate that. Um, you know, the so-called leaders in the freedom movement have mostly been silent. And again, I'll, I'll put forth that olive branch of, did hey, have you seen um, the changes that the Indian delegation would like to make to the international health regulations yes that yes. would just cross out any respect for your dignity your human rights and your fundamental freedoms how do you feel about that are you okay yeah. with that is that good do you think that the who should be in charge of gaining access to your personal health records as part of a global uh, digital health certificate and do you think that the World Health Organization's director general should be able to commandeer industry in one nation, make them, order them to yeah. make products and send to another nation? Oh, it's, it's you think outrageous. He's, you yeah. think he's the guy to do that? It, it's, it's such criminal activity. And I, I do think we need to mobilize very quickly. I think the problem is people are overwhelmed. And they there was so much talk previously about the pandemic protocol or the mm -hmm. pandemic treaty. I heard quite a bit of, through the World Council of Health. Mm -hmm. And so I, my oh, sense no. is that, yes. oh, excuse yes. me, yes. sorry. I'm just going to cancel, sorry about that. Um, I worry that people are uh, mixing up these two issues. I mean, they're, they're the same, oh, but very different. Very uh, much. But, um, yeah. Back in May, when for the most part, um, the proposed amendments by the Biden administration were kicked to the curb, mm -hmm. okay? Um, I got a bunch of um, emails and text messages and such from people that I knew who said, oh, Jim, you know, we saw you on Tucker Carlson. And I was like, man, did I like do something in my sleep one day? I don't remember being on Tucker Carlson. And I was like, could you send me the link? Because I have no idea what in the world it is you're talking about. Well, he finally got around, like, you know, in the middle of the assembly, talking about the pandemic treaty and just absolutely mangled the story. Mm -hmm. And so because he has a big audience, um, people came away from that with, oh, the pandemic treaty was defeated. Well, at that point in time in May, the pandemic treaty didn't even exist. Mm -hmm. Anybody who at that point in time was talking about the pandemic treaty was talking about a ghost. It, it didn't exist. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and so in July, they published the first rough, you know, working draft of the treaty. Um, right after Thanksgiving, they published, and it's a made up word, made up phrase, their conceptual zero draft of their quote unquote treaty, which is separate from what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. And they're meeting in February to turn their conceptual zero draft into a zero draft, bunch of distraction, pay attention to all of this while quietly they're changing existing law, okay? Oh, that so this, 
perhaps been very intentional to get everyone confused. What about then the World Council of Health? Have they had you come and visit because um, or, or talk? Because that's a an important group. The World Council for Health did put out a statement, you know, a little bit or so a month ago, and you know they're very much aware. Um, you know, I'm trying to get everyone to speak up. Uh, mm -hmm. There are many, many, many organizations. I, um, I'm actually um, a member of their law and activism committee, and mm -hmm. this is absolutely all about law and being active yeah, against yeah. what they're doing. Um, so, you know, I, I hope and trust that they will, um, you know, raise everyone's awareness about this. Uh, you know, the WHO is really savvy. They drop all this around Thanksgiving and Christmas time. Everybody's distracted. Boom. You know, the deadline's on January. They don't have any public comment. The media is just tramping down silence. You know, there's a million other things going on in the world to distract yeah. people from. This is hard and dense and difficult. Well, this is, yeah, this is kind of heady and it feels way out there and it feels like it won't affect us. But if there are global health certificates, this will affect us. Your, your movement will be monitored, tracked, prohibited in, in, for, for many of us. It, it's, and, and your confidential health records to be out in, in this domain. It's just, it is absolutely absurd. And I think it's hugely important. No, that, that's why I reached out to you today. I, I thought this is a massive elephant in the room that's mm -hmm. not being talked about. I'm, I'm, I'm actually, though, very optimistic for a, a multitude of reasons, and, and not the least of which is because they're trying to keep this on the down low and keep it quiet and, mm -hmm. and have it be enacted, and then boom, there it is, all right? That, does, that conflicts with propagandizing it. Yeah. And, and so they haven't done the multi-billion dollar, oh, oh, the only thing we need is to change the amendment, you know, amend the international health regulations. They haven't done that programming. So when people actually do find out about this, like if you go up to somebody, like I said a little bit earlier, and say, what do you think about, you know, this aspect of it, right? What do you think about the proposed amendments to the international health regulations? Everybody's going to go, huh? What? You know, what do you, all, what all, do you, you need, all you need to mention is that they are scratching out the word dignity, human rights, and your fundamental freedoms, and switching it. The wording sounds like a collectivism. Um, equity, um, inclusivity. It, you um, know, this is absurd. Common and, but that, differentiated. All, that, that is all you need to know. Is okay. that one line, and maybe that's what we need to focus on when we're and, speaking to politicians, just show them that. This is yeah. what they're taking out, and this is what they're inserting. Sorry, we <laughs> will not participate in this. Exactly. I think we need to exactly. get very loud very quickly. Okay. I am so, so grateful, uh, James. Well, I appreciate, I appreciate you asking me to be on it. Well, and, you. and you're a good investigative journalist, and you went down the right rabbit hole on this one. Because if you were, it's a big, it's a big it's a rabbit, massive hole. rabbit hole. And I just hope that some of the big Canadian um, alternative media sources like Western Standard and True North. And I mean, there's a lot uh, Rebel News. I hope they're in touch with you. Um, you know, I keep I keep out. trying. And, and for anybody who's watching. OK, um, I've given my phone number. Yes. Right, 310-619-3055. And I encourage you to give it to them, 
All right. You know, if, if I don't expect everyone in the world to suddenly be an expert on what's going on here. Yeah. Okay. Um, but if you feel, you know, my contact information is as public as public could be, by all means, share it with people to have them give me a phone call. Um, I'm more than happy to give a, you know, briefing to any government official, any news media person, everything I've ever written, please copy it, steal it, borrow it, but, you know, re repost it, whatever. Um, this isn't about, you know, everything on my blog is free. People can read it for whatever. And, mm. and if you want to mirror it or copy it or adapt it, however you want, um, please, please do so. Okay. Yes. It, I would be offended if you didn't. Okay. Well, and, and spread the word, spread the word. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jane Roguski. This is brilliant. And I think we have our marching orders now, what we need to do. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.